Like, if you can get your parents to back you, the world's easy. Like, if you can get your parents to believe in your dreams, that's the hardest part. Like, after I got my parents being like, oh, you're good at this, I'm like, okay, I can go do this now. Hello, everybody. This is the Venus and Mars podcast, and I'm your host, Anya Shack. I'm a culture and trend strategist, researcher of all things hunter-gatherer, and I'm devoted to healing the divide between men and women. So if you like what you hear and you're on Team Unite Venus and Mars, then join me in growing the movement by hitting subscribe. Now let's get straight into the episode. All right, all right. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Venus and Mars podcast. You've got your host, Anya Shack here. And today I am joined by one of my favorite people, the lovely Zarina Karapetian. And I say that like that because she is one of my fellow, uh, you know, Soviet American, Russian American (laughs) immigrants, first generation. And she is an artist. She's a creator. She's a visionary. I have some of her work in my place. And um, I've known her since we were, what, 13, 14, something, 15? Honestly, I think 14. That's the number that comes to my mind. And we're like in our 30s, right? Are we allowed to say that? (laughs) Yeah, I think we are. I think we're, yeah, we're definitely in our 30s. And I just, I'm so excited to have her on. I feel like I've wanted to have her on a long time ago, because I get the same question from a lot of people over and over again, as I've been kind of growing the podcast, as I've been sharing my experience and uh, my knowledge around understanding men and understanding women. And the question is like, why the hell are you doing this? Like, why does this matter to you? Like, what the hell is the point of this? And honestly, like Zarina was kind of there at the at the beginning at like the birth of all of this and what the birth of all of this was me feeling really discombobulated and confused and um anxious about who I was internally due to the lack of healthy masculinity around me and mm-hmm. it essentially resulted in me not trusting myself not knowing where I'm going all while being this like overworking perfectionist crazy person. So it made me create like so much hostile energy towards myself and it made mm-hmm. dating men really, really hard. Yeah. And I just, I couldn't understand what was going on. And so Zarina has this also essentially has like similar stories and um, stories around her creativity and how she's been able to kind of flourish into this beautiful butterfly of an artist. And so, Zarina, I just want to welcome you and say hi as we get into this. Hi. Love you, miss you. I'm so excited, so proud of you for doing all this. I remember when we were at Chipotle, we talked about this like two years ago. And you were Uh, like, I'm moving towards that. And I was like, well, just do it. And you're like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Totally. That's been pretty much every conversation we've had. Like every two years, it's been like, okay, cool. Now I'm 22. Now I'm 26. Okay, now I'm 29. And here we are. Okay, so talk to the people. Tell the people who you are and what you're doing. So my name is Zarina, and I'm an artist based out of Dallas, Texas. I am working um, in Dallas, making art, shipping art all over the world now. I'm, I'm really, really proud of myself. It's been a hardcore route in life but one that has completely paid off and emotionally not like like emotionally and spiritually um I mean that so I'm I'm doing the thing that I've always wanted to do um and it's like 
evolving every other day. Seems like so it's like a dog <laughs> chasing its own tail, but I'm having a blast. So, um, that's kind of what I'm doing out here. I'm just growing with my work. I'm so proud of you because you could have taken a different route. You really could have made a different choice when you were like 16, 17, 18. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm curious, like what was going on in your mind as like a teenager, like an Armenian American teenager, like what was going on in your mind at that time, like in relation to what you wanted to be, the feelings in your body, um, what your parents were telling you, just curious. Um, so it's always hard to answer this question because like I turned 13 and I just was like, Oh, I want to be an artist. Like mm. I want to, like at 13, I just like knew. And yeah. I, for some reason I like understood it like really clearly. And, yeah. and that, and that in itself, you know, I, I tried to really watch the ego, but I will say something at 13 just understood what the deal I was making, like whatever the deal was. And so I understood that like, I'm first generation. If I was going to do this, I had to be very serious about it. I had to start working immediately. I had to start pushing myself immediately because I didn't want to be lost in and like try to be an artist at like 40, like, and, yeah. and, and, and figuring it out later on in life. I, for some reason, early on, I understood that like, I understood that I had no responsibility and that like I should apply all my free time to make art and working. And I, when I started making art, my parents were super supportive. I had, it was just thinking about this the other day that like, yes, my parents are from another country and usually they want to be doctors and lawyers. And yes, they wanted that for me. Like they, they had to legally say that to me. Like there was no way totally. that they were just going to be like, Oh yeah, go be an artist. They didn't just like, <laughs> escape war or anything and so like I never resented them when they were like you should be a lawyer you should this but it was like the things they always wanted me to be was like a very strong person because they knew that I was a strong person so they're like go be a lawyer you can hold your head up high like they were never like you should go be a politician or like nothing that never made sense it was always fair game like I always feel like my parents were very fair um which is not the case all the time and (laughs) I'm lucky in that way and they took me to this uh you know we're gonna be talking about men you know before I turned 12 or 13 I was going to another woman's art teacher they put me into art with her and I did not vibe at all I was like I want to go home I hate this this is not the vibe and then they took me you know to Michael who we have in common that's how we met we went to my first art class you know that's where we studied art growing up and I loved it because he was so direct with me and there was something about the way he taught the spirit of making art that just made Mm. sense to me and I was like Mm. this is it this is like my spirit is like here um Mm. because he's kind of like a no bs type of person and I thought okay well he's teaching me real skills this is where I should apply myself and so I got lucky after that even more where I was like I started off with like an amazing middle school teacher who was a guy, Mr. Magazine, still keep in touch with him. Then I had Michael, who was a man, still, I mean, he called me the other day. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then I had Mr. Bearden and Mr. Martinez in junior high, still talk to them all the time. And then I had Chris Reed, who I still talk to all the time. And then, like, all the way up into like junior college, I had these like very amazing masculine teachers. 
you know, yeah. it was like, wow. I, when it came to the art, I, I was taken care of. Like I understood. And like, mm. um, it's a lot, I, I dropped really early on this like idealism of, of expecting like my father and my family to understand art because it's like, yeah. they did not have that growing up. And I understood yeah. that this was like my path early on. So I, was there a little bit of like sadness? Yes. But that I think comes with like the nature of age but yeah. I also was super taken care of with all the teachers I had like it was like a weird spiritual deal yeah. you know and yeah, yeah that that's that's what led me and then I went to you know I went to college college and I got a rude awakening that like that ain't the deal like I was completely spoiled from like 12 to 21 <laughs> and then I go to like a real art school and they don't, they're not, they're not what I just had for over a decade. Yeah. And it like, I literally quit art school because I in, in had this luxury of amazing masculine teachers who like, mm. uh, like really taught me art and like the, the energy of art and sort of the, the drive that maybe that, yeah. that they need. And I didn't get that until so I quit. What was, I'm so curious because this is very beautiful how you're kind of laying this out. What was that difference in the way that, you know, Michael and the other men taught you versus what you experienced in art school? Like, what was the distinct difference that you recall? So, and I did have male teachers, um, you know, female teachers actually even through middle school and junior high. And yep. I had a hard time with it. I'm like a feminist. Like, I love being totally. a woman. Like, I, I am all for it. But like I had teachers like Michael who completely supported me. Yeah. Would teach me anything. But what I got from each of those teachers was like um, a lot of structure, you know, I got a lot of structure out of it. And I think that was a big deal. And then I also feel like they um, fought for opportunity for me. Like I always felt like they had my back. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed one of my other favorite teachers, Rex Carre. Like, <laughs> in junior high like or in junior college like I have kept up with all of those men and it's because they have literally been like here is how to make art no bs there was always a um like an outcome like I, I felt like I was doing a project I would finish the project and feel like a better artist at the end of the project like it felt mm. like I was getting more empowered as an artist and then mm. you go into you know, the university that I went to or tried to go to. And there was no sense of accomplishment. There was no sense of like pressure or like order or the things that I got from those other men who made me succeed. They were like, this is your path. Let's go. Which Woo! was not, I did not have that at university. And I ended up quitting, which was yeah. huge, which was huge to quit. And Michael was the only one that was like, good for you. <laughs> wow. Good yeah. for you. I'm so glad you stayed on your path. Something I learned recently about men, which I think is fascinating, and it kind of backs up what you're telling me about the order and the I got your back and like we're in this together. Let's do this. Like I'm gonna make you the best you can be. Men um take accountability for people that they mentor or people that they give advice to or people that they like are asked for help from. So mm -hmm. like, if you, if you're like, Hey, Michael, I have this problem. Can you help me? And he decides to say, yes, like, here's what I think you should do. Suddenly your problem is not your problem. It's his problem. 
Right, right. And but women don't treat it like that. Yeah. But that's not always the case, but it's like, I could also counter what you're saying where I'm like, I've had male teachers who just like, didn't teach me anything. Totally. For some reason though, my cards were like 12 <laughs> years of just the best teachers that I literally still know. <laughs> and I talk to on Facebook like every other week. And, mm. but, but I've also met female teachers who did not look my way, but for some reason in the second chapter, it's like, I have mm. really strong female mentors outside of the, the education. Totally. So totally. I think it could be both, yeah, both sides of men and women, you know, like totally. Did you, yeah. did you feel like maybe you kind of had like some of those teachers were kind of playing a father role in a way? for you? I think so. I think so. And it was like, one that I needed to do what I'm doing. I needed I, I I must have really needed that. Like, yes, I'm lucky. And yes, those were my cards. But you know, I'm manifesting this subconsciously. And maybe I realized that looking back, I never understood that that's what I was doing. You know, I didn't know I needed it. But mm. like, did mm. I did I I, I'm so grateful that Michael was there. You know, he was the one that was like pushing yeah. me creatively in my team. Like that was it. So it's amazing. I'm lucky. I, yeah. I love that you just dug into that because as you're speaking, I'm kind of reflecting on my story. And like what I realized about myself was that my gut instinct was so weak at that time. So like I was mm-hmm. in that art class, right? I was like mm-hmm. very creative, always interested in art. And then it was like, okay, but like, I'm probably not good enough. Right. And so then I moved on to the next thing and maybe I'm going to be a fashion designer. Right. And that was something that was inspired by actually Michael's wife, which is so fascinating. And so, Mm -hmm. and then it's like business related and it's something that my, my parents felt like a little better about maybe, but I, but I'm not even sure to be honest with you, like it was mostly about be a lawyer or be a doctor. And I was like, well, I'm not going to be a doctor. So I thought I was going to be a lawyer. And so it was, um, it was just a lot of like, for me, it wasn't this, like, uh, who, who talks about it this way? I think Gabby Bernstein talks about, um, the, the hummingbird or the woodpecker. Like, are you the woodpecker Mm. that like finds the thing and just like goes at it? Or are you the hummingbird that like goes into like different parts of life and then you make your path through that. And Mm -hmm. so I think, had I probably had a strong, generous, supportive father figure, like, yeah, even as like a teacher or a mentor earlier, I think maybe things might have been a little bit different for me. But I was so anxious and so unsure of what I should do and how to please my dad that I ended up not doing anything really well. Like, I just ended up like hopping right. around and feeling like lost. Right. So, yeah, that that was, that was super, super wild to me. And I, I'm curious. So tell me a little bit about, tell me a little bit about your dad and just like your, your feelings about your dad. I have a very like objective and there's like feelings towards my dad. Um, I, I really respect him in the sense of, I know how hard it is for him to have left Armenia Um, whether or not like he's, you know, the, the like dream father figure, I don't think I have that like pull anymore. I think I really let go of that, like, um, that like, oh, well, 
my dad's not this dream father figure. So I'm going to like, like, I'm going to allow whatever behaviors that have grown from that early age mindset, because I didn't know any better. I'm going to let go of that. Like, I totally. mean, and so I'm a Buddhist. I'm a Buddhist. I have to think of him as a, as a person, you know, and yep. did he do, I, I think my dad did, you know, the best he could have done at his capabilities. Do I, do I have like thoughts about it? Yeah, sure. Like, but for yeah. me, it never felt like, um, it almost felt like the wrong thing to dwell on growing up. Like I never, I always just knew, like, like I said, I had this like very early on innate feeling of like, yeah, I don't expect anything from you because like, I understand the way I am in this world is so foreign to you. Like I am a literally like you, you, you're as your child, like you have this daughter who is an artist and kind of, kind of like a good kid, you know? Yeah. So like there wasn't a lot of like needing for parenting, like it. And so that, I mean, is there a conversation there? Yeah. Is it me not causing trouble and getting in trouble with my dad and my dad having words and like, I didn't have guys <laughs> over, but I, cause I wasn't interested in dating. And so like any way yeah. my dad wanted to be a dad, I just kind of like, it didn't happen. Like, my mom just moms me but even in that sense like even in that like I just kind of still kept my own it was always like the big thing was I want to be an artist and so yeah you know I would show my dad a painting he'd be like it's a good painting looks good are you one of my totally I'm like yeah he's like okay let me know if you need money for Michael's you know like to pay for totally. class. so it's like totally my relationship with my dad for better or worse has always been very streamlined and there is like a whole chunk that sucks, but there's a whole chunk of it that I'm like, I just feel like he did, even with the, all the the bad stuff that, you know, quote unquote, it's like, yeah, he totally. did his best to kind of stay a little bit of distance so that I could be who I needed to be, but I also didn't cause any trouble, you know? So I love like, it. Like, yeah. yeah. There's this like, um, there's this, I think it's like, it's like a meme or some internet thing where it was like this Russian girl posted, um, her dad like comes over and basically is just like, so I brought you fruit. Uh, do you need your, do you need like oil in the car? Right. Like, do you need an oil yeah. change? Do you need this? Like, here's, here's yeah. money. Here's this. Like he essentially 17 ways to, to say, I love you, but not, I love you. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, That's for it. Sure. It's literally yeah. like, yeah. Here, here's your, here's, I, I changed the oil in your car. There you go. Yeah. And it's like, but they didn't know how to do it. Totally. They didn't know how to do and it in every way. I just, honestly, it's taken me so long to get to a peaceful place about that. Um, and I got there last year, but mm -hmm. it's taken me a long time to get there. And now I'm just like, oh my God, he's essentially saying, I love you when he does that which is yeah. a beautiful thing. Um, yeah. It takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of healing and like reparenting of the inner child. I think that's yeah. been like my journey, but I think like during my, just during my twenties, like, Oh my God, I was so, I was so freaking anxious all the time. And I was just, I think desperately trying to understand the men that I would meet. Yeah. 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 And I think that's where I like came to all of this and that's where I like realized all this. And then I also, what's really beautiful about our relationship um, that I have with Zarina is the, the way that she understands like my desire to be creative, like whether now it's speaking and writing and, and bringing mm -hmm. that forth, but was always there, but it was just, I could not 
I could not allow it to come through because I had such deep, um, like self-worth issues, like such Mm. deep self-worth issues because of the dad stuff. Right. Right. So that's a huge theme that I had to like get through and get over. I feel like all the daddy issues that I went through, like in life came right whenever I left my house, my parents' house and moved to college. And I dated this guy and it was like, a crash course in my daddy issues. And so I feel like the <laughs> yeah. first six years of my twenties was just let's let's work that out and let's knock it out of the system. And I yeah, I think about the way I like life designing myself and I'm like, oh yeah, yep. I'd rather knock out six years of this hundred years, right? Like, you know, six yeah. percent of my life. If I'm gonna focus yeah. on daddy issues, let's knock it out in these six six years. I'm like, <laughs> like let's let's yeah. get it done. And I feel like after you know, a couple of years of doing that. And, you know, I think plus, because there's stuff there, but it's hard to even talk about it because I'm so like, eh, yeah. it's, a, it's it's like put to bed, you know, it's, it's like, I appreciate the men that have came into my life and brought that out. Like, totally. I used to be so mad at those guys. And then I'm like, wait, why are you mad at them? That was like your subconscious. Like you wanted to work through it out. You don't act that way. You don't accept those type of men. And now you have a different relationship. You're like very much at peace with that energy that your your dad brought into his life. And totally. I'm totally now I can recognize it. And like, can you recognize it when it's hidden in a person? Like, you yeah. know, like it, it just yes. kind of changes in lily pads into the next evolution. But I do feel like that plus the meditation and the Buddhism and the mushrooms and all of the stuff that bring healing just kind of like, yeah, Try and feel delivered. Put it on a bow, and it was like, do you? I love it. I think that's so great. Did you feel like with every release of some of that, some of those issues, some of that baggage, like your art would open up? Yeah, because I think what it does is it creates like internal space. Yeah, like you know, it's and it's one of the things that I'm sort of navigating right now, the the language of what I'm about to say is a little clunky, but it's like, you're young, and you're going through all these experiences, and you're pulling in these experiences, these memories, because suddenly, you're like 13, and you realize you're alive, like your brain is like, hey, I exist. Yeah, okay, uh, I'm empty inside, because I haven't, like, I, I, I don't know how to hold emptiness at 12. Right. Yeah. Like you're not the Buddha at 12 unless you're like in a monastery. Right. So it even then comes with its own problems. So you're existing yeah. and it's like you're this void pulling in all the memories and you're what you're at your parents' house and you're at school. So, of course, all of that is like a sponge and you're absorbing it. And suddenly yeah. you're 20 and you're not in that house anymore. And you're like, dang, why does my dad piss me off? Dang, why did this thing just happen with my mom or this and that? And you're like, whatever. And you kind of push it aside and then you start manifesting yeah. the, men, the men that were like embodying the energy of your household because it's what you know of course and so so now I'm kind of at a stage where it's like mm. it's okay that that's what you grabbed onto like you latched on totally. anything but like totally. we can't we can't do the things we need to do moving forward like you're just human but we have a lot more to do <laughs> and like do I want to hold on to the sadness <laughs> of yeah 13 you know or yeah yeah that's yeah I think that's so beautiful um I love what you said about 
creating the space. I think that's, I mean, I think your awareness is incredible. I think like your like maturity is incredible. I'm like so mm. impressed by you. And um, like, it makes me think of, you know, okay. Like when I was, it's just really good. Cause a lot of the women that listen to the show, like they're yeah. going through this stuff. Like they're yeah. remembering, like, why do I feel anxious with this guy? Like, yeah. does that mean I like him? And it's like, okay, I thought I liked him for a long time, but it's actually yeah. not true. And so yeah. I remember like maybe at 22 or 23, it was like, okay, guy comes into my life and he's interesting. He's ambitious and all of these, all the things, but, but I feel mm -hmm. anxious and I feel like I need to like prove myself. And I feel like I'm not like relaxed, yeah. but yeah, I didn't know it. I didn't know it then, but then I thought like, oh my God, I really like this person. And then, and then now there will be these moments that it still comes up, right? Like after all of the healing, meeting somebody right randomly in my life. And I'm just, and I realize like, oh, this guy conversation connection. Okay. And then suddenly I feel a little anxious. And then my intuition is like, this person is not available for you. Right. 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 And then when I'm able to just be like, cool. And then suddenly my creativity flourishes right after that, like right, that right. goodbye. Right. It's like, it's the space. It's, it's so that good. Space. So letting go of that other space and those other heaviness yeah. creates that space to bring in new energy and new yeah. energy could also, you know, be art, but like, yeah, yeah. At some point, like kind of where I'm at now is like the art is good, but I also want to manifest like the world that the art lives in. You know, yeah. like we're so focused on pulling in the medium that we're like yeah. ignoring everything else. And so Ooh. I'm, you know, I feel like I really healed that part of me in a way. I mean, I'm, I'm sure something's going to come up from the project from like, you know, <laughs> it six. always comes yeah, up. But the best thing is, is yeah. you can handle it. You can handle yeah. it. Yeah. 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 So, God, that's great. Changed. The art has really changed. It's gotten more dominant. Like it's gotten more, uh, but in the same way, it's like, it's become a really cool dance. Like I've noticed my art, especially in the last year and a half has been more demanding, has been okay. very like whatever inner masculine I have that I've been healing. Like it is like, I'm realizing that, okay, I heal my, my internal relationship with my father. I can't, you know, these guys are from another country. It doesn't matter if you're speaking like high and yell tone to them they might they, they don't know the language so it's it's a big process to get them to externally be in harmony with your relationship to them but internally I have that healing but that also like creates the healing of your own inner masculine and so mm. for me it's funny because people meet me and they'll meet me in a work context or like sort of where I have to delegate or anything and I'm very masculine but it's very it's calm like it's yeah like it's the good it's like the king energy where you're like oh I get it and so when I make this art some of the pieces over the last couple of years as I've created that internal space and that internal healing and that internal yeah. like like appreciation that goes beyond my father it's like dang like wow I'm so thankful for all those masculine teachers who led me here like like it's not just the sad it's like also the gratitude like there's, yeah there's awareness and the gratitude and the healing of the sadness and the anger and that is like oh this is a really healthy place for me actually now to dip my pen in and you know put it like write something Ooh. write poetry or any of that in it 
it, it has like a tone of masculinity and strength and power, which has been exciting mm. like, to make art from that place, you know? Wow. That's yeah. so cool. I love that. Um, I feel you. I've been feeling the same way in that, like in owning some of those masculine elements, suddenly they become structure and safety and support right, in right. life instead of like, I think what I was doing was I was like seeking, I was seeking the masculine in a way, like I was in a needy way. So I was like avoiding it within myself. Right. right. And then everything was like chaotic and hectic and overwhelming. And I felt like I wasn't like on top of my shit. And mm-hmm. once that integration happens and suddenly it's like, oh, scheduling, right. structure, right. finances, right. these things are awesome. <laughs> It makes space for all of it, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. So how, tell me about, like, yeah, tell me about the evolution, I guess. Like, what is what is the distinction um, within your art and also, like, in your life that you feel now that you're kind of coming into this calmer place that you, that you were talking about? Um, yeah, I think there was just, like, a, like, last year was really hard for me emotionally, but in the right ways. Like, the, the, like you get that, you get that confronting time where you realize mm. like oh we, we like I act this way oh this is my behavior oh this is mm. like xyz it's a very because you get on the ride and then you're so high on the up and down and the sort of winds of I mean for me it's entrepreneurship of me following yeah. my dream right like you're following your yeah. dream that oh you must be doing everything right well, right. Everything's good. And, and and you're expecting the external challenges, but then it's like, like I said, I kind of compact everything in one period of time. And I feel like for yeah. a year and a half, I was just like digging a grave. Like, I just felt like, I, I don't know, I should have quit at least a thousand times last year. Like there was just, it was just so heavy and so depressing and my self-worth just was like plummeting because mm. here's my subconscious, like my subconscious was pulling up who I actually am and it was like yeah you were born in chaos you were born Mm. in a war Zarina and like I 28 years of my life pretending like that wasn't my circumstances because Mm. oh what like I'm gonna sit here and write a novel about how it was like imprinted in war what's that gonna do and so I ignored it ignored it and it was like okay no wonder you're an artist no wonder you can handle the chaos but mm. how does this manifest mm. into your life? You're not at peace. What are you? What is this dream? You're not at peace. Yeah. Oh well, I must be doing something wrong. Oh, I must have. Oh. I must. And so it was like a very. It was like a struggle between the like. Uh, it was just two versions of me, like at war, internal. Totally. Oh, and that sucked. And I was like, "This isn't it. This isn't it. This dream isn't it." this isn't the dream. Like whatever I'm doing right now is not conductive. And I was just, again, had that moment of clarity, like, all right, well, let's just try to, let's just try to let that part of me go. Let's kill that part of me and let's just Mm. move forward. Um, And so it was Mm. really like sad, but like, like I had to just let go of a lot of me Mm. and it was really difficult and I had to lean on a lot of people to kind of help me emotionally get out of it. And Mm. 
I finally feel like the right things have opened up for me in the last like month. Mm. And like I watched a movie last night and like went to bed at like 9.45. (laughs) And I know that's that's unheard of for you. I love it. I know. I went to bed early and like I woke up and responded to emails and like no, no substances anymore. You know, like, yeah. How do you, how you can't be naive anymore. You don't get that privilege. Like we're not, we don't, we don't get that anymore. We have to have ownership of what we know, like ignorance is bliss and that's okay. But once you know something and then you're choosing not to act on it, that's yeah. on you. It's not the universe. It's not yeah. anybody's fault. It's not our parents' fault. It's like a certain point mm-hmm. we heal, we heal a lot of the chunk of it. And if we know how we should respond and we're not responding on it, that's that's the responsibility we have to confront. And I did that for a year and it sucked. And it's, so, it's not fun. I hated yeah. being that part of myself. I, yeah. I can relate. I can relate deeply of uh, shedding the layers. Um, what did you let go of? Like if you could, if you could summarize into like three main points of like what you let go of, what would it be? Um, the big three, let's see. I let go of substances to regulate my emotions. Yep. Even the ones I thought I had under control, you know, okay, I'm going to smoke a little weed. After all the things are done, everything gets to be done. Um, So I would still get all my work done. It was sort of the tricking, I think, of the masculine, like, oh, I'm going to keep things organized and chaotic and I'm going to do the best I can in the day. But after the prayers are done, after the meditation's done, like what, what, like I can't just smoke a little weed to relax. Like in a way right. I was still suppressing whatever I needed to confront to move forward. Right. So substances. And I I have like maybe a drink a month now, you know, yeah. so I'm still allowing yeah. some space for some, for that, but yeah. Um, and then I had to let go of um, doing everything on my own, which is still really yeah. difficult like that was really brutal like I don't even like because I'm 13 you know I've been in that 13 year old body that made a decision if I'm going to do this I'm going to do it and I'm not going to burden people with it like I just Mm. immediately understood that at 13 that losing was not an option failure is not an option and so confronting failure and asking for help three times three times Mm. Two years, like like I'm I'm keeping count, which is still there's still healing that needs to be done there. But like, yeah, the keeping of the count and asking for help is literally progress for me because I would rather like eat bread and eggs. I I used to think that if you had to ask, if I had to ask for help, then I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Then like I'm not good enough. Um, I don't know why the fuck I developed that idea, but I did. Um, as a kid and it stayed with me for a long time so I totally relate yeah Yeah. and that that's the inner child and that was the conversation I had to have and the inner child and and I had to have that conversation because the inner child my inner child experienced things that unraveled my 20s and Mm -hmm. I they I let go the, the third thing I let go of honestly is the like frustration that I had with the things that I developed in my teens and my early childhood like you have to you have to be okay that they happen Mm -hmm. and you have to make peace with them and you have to like you can't be mad at the things that brought you there because it's like 
I don't know. It's it's a really it's like how do you vote? How do you verbalize that? Like, mm. like how do you how do you say it's like okay? Like I'm so sorry. Like you you develop these habits, but it's like you know now that like we can change, right? Like think about all the other mm-hmm. ways you change. Like this might be hard. Let's take little baby steps. Like being sure. really nice to that 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 child that of you. Yeah. 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 I could cry with that one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that honey, hard. that's so beautiful. Well, what was beautiful is that um what helped me, and I'm sure you've already been through this too, was you develop those habits to protect yourself. Yeah. She there's like otherwise she couldn't have survived. So it's almost like yeah. thank you for developing those yeah. habits, but now we can let them go. Yeah. Because those habits helped me for the first five years. I mean, yeah. that girl, that girl could make a hundred dollars into, you know, $4,000 in two weeks. Like that girl yeah. had power, but you know, when you cross the bridge, you know, sometimes like you, you, you're like, but I know this thing, but yeah. why, why, how can I leave it? Like I've le- spent so much time learning this thing, but it's not like you're leaving it. You're just, you're letting it go and it's going to evolve into something better. You know better totally. now, which is so yeah. meta. <laughs> so. Well, it's just not sustainable. It's not sustainable for the type of woman that you want to be or that you know you are. And so I'm so curious, right. like, who is she? Who is this new woman? Oh, um, I mean, I'm, I really, I've told people like, I want to be in my Zen era. Um, like like very sharp also like clear with like my language and the way I'm in the world um I think my inner masculine was honestly connected to my higher feminine and I've repressed my inner masculine because it also represses my inner feminine my higher feminine actually and those those Two people, those two energies in my body are very connected. And so mm-hmm. moving forward, it's like I need to step into a higher feminine role, which is more responsibility, more um, nurturing. But that mm-hmm. also means like the the inner masculine, the healed version of me is very strong and kind of alpha. And also like uh, don't mess with me I'm not interested in that like don't bring any bad energy my way so very a little more in control on the external mm. side I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever really been like that I've always been internally controlled like mm. don't cause trouble don't cause trouble don't cause trouble mm. inner child you know you're not causing trouble yeah, you're not causing of course trouble. of course that the energy needs to mm. come out because I am as my like higher feminine you know grows the business grows like more of my space goes on the internet more people meet me I mean it's like it's like wild but at the same time that's a lot of energy and so the inner masculine is like I need you to just take a step back before you try to just invade this universe like you're not going to just do that and so I'm super protective over this world I've spent since I was 13 building And mm. that I, I, I don't want to be aggressive and mean, but I want to be very like, well, ooh, yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, I think we talk about these things in different ways, but generally what I'm hearing from you is instead of just like managing your emotions internally, now you're ready to set boundaries with the world because you yeah. deserve it. Um, oh, for sure. So good. 
That's so powerful. And I love, I love the way you talk about like this, like woman, I mean, it's essentially like you stepping into your queen energy, mm-hmm. um, which is so beautiful. Um, it's just like calm and wise. And like, I'm not in a rush. Like it'll take me as long as it takes me. And like, I freaking get that. Um, yeah. Oh, this journey is very beautiful. Um, this you. journey is very beautiful. And I think that I've just like, you know, there's been a, a few, you included, and like maybe two other uh, like women that have been in my life from Eastern Soviet countries. And it's like, we've all kind of gone through this, like a similar, a similar journey of, you know, the beginning was like, yeah. we're fine, we're fine, we're fine. Like, we got this, we can handle anything, like a lot of grit and a lot of just like, I can yeah. handle stuff. And then, like, we realized, like, it almost makes me cry. We realized, like, oh, it's because, like, we didn't know how to, like, sit back and, like, relax. Like, we didn't know how to do that. Well, our ancestors didn't know how to do that. We're the first generation to learn how to do that. (laughs) We're the first ones to learn how to do that. Like, we've just, the women in our family had to, like, work so hard and um, make up for the lack of, like, emotional awareness of the men yeah. in, in the world. And so they were just doing like double, double time. And they were, they were missing yeah. the masculine themselves. Yeah. <laughs> or so, they get into the womanhood immediately. Then they have babies at like 22. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, totally. Um, which is so, so difficult as well. Like they didn't ever get to experience girlhood and play and joy and fun. And so it's just, it's beautiful to kind of see and feel us now. And I think, I think our moms are like, I don't know about you, but my mom, I can feel this from her. She hasn't said this directly yet, but I can feel her like proud of me for doing things a different way now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I talk about this all the time where I'm like, my mom was the best type of mom. Like she's still my mom, obviously, but she, she (laughs) raised me to like, like, I feel like she wanted me to prove her wrong. Yeah. She had a, had a, had to vocalize like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? sure?" (laughs) Yeah. But I feel like the more I, I, I like, I I never caused trouble because I knew the one thing, what I was going to do was thing. And that was going to cause enough stress in the family or whatever, because I'm the first born and, you know, first generation, I'm going to be proud. I should be married by now. But there is a part of my mom and my aunt and the women in my family that are just like, she's not going to listen to us, but I think that's okay. Like, like, I think every time I took a step further into my dream, they were like, we can't oh, are you sure you want a full-time job but it's like like secretly they were just like yeah. totally it wasn't up until my show where I feel like they were yes. like yes all right all right well all right our hands up in the air she, all she right what she's doing <laughs> we'll let go we'll let go that's so cool I love that you can recognize that and it's such a soft nuance I can recognize it too I mm-hmm. I had a really hard time with my mom um for a while because she just kind of repeated and repeated all of the stuff that she learned from from her life around men specifically like men don't care about you they don't want to hear about your emotions they 
don't talk to them, marry somebody that loves you more than you love them. Just all this nonsense information yeah. that I got from yeah. women. I don't know if you got the same kind of stuff. Mm-mm. No. Okay. Not so really, no. this is my story. This is my story. So like this, that's the kind of stuff that I heard all the time because there was just such lacking male mm-hmm. generosity in, in our family. So, um, and I like, obviously as a kid, I like believed all that stuff. I mean, I believed it all. And so I was mad at her for saying it over and over again, but I was believing her. And that's why I was mad at her because I wanted it to not be true. Right. I wanted it to not be true. And so now I realize that she's almost proud of me for not believing what she said, because now she's starting to not believe it either. Right. And it's so cool. Like, it's just, it's why I'm doing this stuff. So, yeah. It's like, why did you, like, like for me, it was always like, I came to the, you came to this country and sacrificed everything to let <laughs> yeah. me, let me do some work in this part of, you know, healing, you know, I feel like my yeah. aunt, I've talked to my yeah. aunt about this before when someone took mushrooms and it like came to me, but I was like, oh, my <laughs> aunt, my aunt has done a lot of work for me. And it, yeah. and it came and it's like each generation their job and their family lineage is just is to clean up things a little bit more and more. And I feel mm-hmm. like my aunt, she, she, you know, came to the U S and got married here first. Mm-hmm. Before, like, so my parent, my parents got married in Armenia. So I feel like that energy is Armenia energy. And then my aunt is young and moved here and she yeah. is where we are and marries this man and has her whole yeah. experience in that, in that way. And like, I just remember being like, dang, Lada really did so much in that spiritual realm to like, yeah. like to, to have us here on a podcast talking about this version of it. And then, yeah. you know, our, yeah. the next generation is, it's going to yeah. heal more and more. And it's our job yeah. in a lineage, you know, perspective to, to, to challenge them and say, there's more, totally. there's more, there's more, you know? there's more like you, I'm yeah. so sorry. You didn't get to have it, but there's more. And there's like some yeah. inner, inner stuff to clean up um, so that we can have it so that we can have it so that our kids can have it. Um, mm-hmm. These like harmonious relationships, which I'm like here to take a stand for. Um, and so like, that's just what it is. And I love how you talk about your balancing of your, um, masculine and feminine um internally for your art and for your life and for what you want to create I love that I think that's so beautiful I'm so proud of you too dude I can't (laughs) believe I love I love this like I feel like you're you're putting it all out there you know with your spirit Mm. and your Mm. your heart you know you know I'm just so proud of you oh I can't like Eastern European, like beauty, magical thing that we we're doing here is Armenian Azerbaijan. We came here, we made it happen. It's, here's the thing, and I've thought about this a lot, and I might get some flack for this, but I do feel like there's two forms of Soviet Union kids, right? Okay, like tell me. Came into America, and their their parent either was a like I'm gonna come to America and make so much money so much money like that's all I'm gonna think about okay and it's your parent like and it was like one or the other yeah and like you know you're surrounded by parents who came to America and the dad was like I'm gonna be a millionaire in America like I'm gonna do that and so 
those kids seem different than the kids from like our <laughs> side were like we're gonna go follow this dream and I don't know our dad just kind of did whatever they like they didn't know what was going on you know like totally totally so I feel like we kind of just have the same like essence of like well we've got the grit because we still kind of have that in our body from from that early age you know yeah I love I love what you're talking about it's both types of people had the scarcity mentality but one of them was like fuck this I'm not going to be living in scarcity and the other one was like I don't know how to do the not scarcity thing so like let's just hope for the best yeah and for sure yeah literally you're so right um that's so true because I can actually now start separating them yeah I will say though I will say and then this is not for everybody. Like, again, I don't know. There's definitely a lot of variables. So this is kind of like what I yeah. see in the community are the parent, like the kids that grew up kind of on like this, this thing, you know, the dad came here and became a multimillionaire in like six years, right? Those kids are kind of doing the thing. Like they're in a, they're in society. They're, you know, doctors and lawyers and xyz they're they're really good kids like i don't i don't have anything to say about the personality but in context to like their work like what they're doing is definitely way more structured like they really got that structure because of those resources and then there's kind of us who we have these wild hairs we're like well we we did did we get lucky because we didn't we had nothing kind of to really lean on and we have we get now to like follow our own path and our own dreams, like because we didn't get to do that. So was it sort of a long term return of our spirit? Like right. I I had to let go of that like anger towards those rich kids, you know. And I love like, what you're saying. Yeah, I love what you're saying. Yeah, it's like it's like a more soulful experience. It's kind of like you know you're creating your vision and your art. Like I'm working on this like harmonizing of men and women. I think about people like Gary V, right? Gary V was just like, let me do this thing that like no one believes I can do, you know? Let me influence the world in this way. Um, I'm inspired by him too, because he just like represents like, yeah, that like first generation Soviet kid that made it work. So I I love that. Um, and your it's parents just- to back you. Like if you can get your parents to back you, the world's easy. Like, if you can get your parents to believe in your dream, that's the hardest part. Like, after I got my parents being like, oh, you're good at this, I'm like, okay, I can go do this now because I've spent, like, 30 years trying to get you guys on, on, you know, the same page. And now now you guys are like, okay. like I Oh, my God. That is the real, that is the realest thing ever coming from a... Yeah, first generation immigrant. It's like, oh my god, I've spent my whole life trying to get you guys to see me. Yeah, yeah, that was harder than anything. I can get anybody on the street to like my art. You try to get your dad to say, "Hey, that's a good painting." Dude, everything other than that is easy. Oh my god, the key though is to never need your dad to say that's a good painting, and then he actually will say it. Isn't that what happened? The first time the most beautiful man ever told me he loved my art, like he was like, I love your art, I'm gonna buy your art. I was like a different person. I was like, Oh this is it. This is what it is, you know. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is it. I made it. I made it. I made it. <laughs> That's so, I'm just, I'm so, oh God, I feel very much like a different person. You know what I said to myself? I actually wrote this in my journal maybe like two weeks ago. This is kind of a profound thing for me. And I, I know that I don't share that much about like my own personal like emotions around everything that I've been going through. And I want to do more of that, but mm-hmm. I wrote in my journal, I am finally extremely pleased with who I am. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Like that took so many years. How old are you now? How many years do you think that took you? I mean, I'm 33. Sorry. I'm 33. <laughs> Oh, it took me 33 years. And yeah. I think like the truth of the matter and what I realized specifically around my dad issues and stuff is that like, I'm so goddamn proud of myself. He is not pleased with himself. Therefore, he couldn't right. make me feel pleased with myself. Right. Therefore, I had to go on my own journey to find, to, to be able to be pleased with myself and I finally got there and now I can see everything so clearly and it's just yeah. like everything has like settled. Mm. You know? What do you think that, what do you think the trigger was? Sorry, my computer's pretty out right now. Oh, Sorry, I'm moving the camera a lot. I apologize. No, you're good. What you're do you good. think it was that like kind of set, set all that up for you? Like finding a little bit more peace with who you become? Honestly, not just one thing, but like the layers and layers and years and years of like work and hiring coaches and being in like women's groups and waking up at midnight to get on a call with this like women's group in Australia and just crying on the phone at 1am and and allowing a, you know, uh, inner child experience to go through my body. And all of that, I think just stacked on top and on top and on top of each other. And all of that healing work. I mean, just really healing the inner child and finally trusting my gut. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. Yeah. And then, and then just, you know, like I know a lot of Russian American girls that have had the same, a similar story. Like I like this guy who doesn't want to text me much and he's unavailable and like he just he's over there and I'm just like chasing him and it's like all that comes from not believing that you deserve someone that really wants you and then when that all changes you suddenly like release that and you're just like oh wow like I don't want anyone that isn't like a hundred percent for me yeah I mean for me I feel the big part of that when I healed a lot of my feminine friendships. I never really had problems, but I just like was like, wow, I take really good care of these relationships and these guys, like I need them to be my bestie the way these girls are my besties. Like they've mm. got the same brain and they can treat me. They can grow. Like mm. these, these men, I deserve, I deserve what these girls are giving me just even in a friendship. And if these mm. guys can't, you know, be great friend to me even at this level like they put the bar high like it's not just about love and romance and having marriage and stuff it's like that friendship aspect of it that I I feel like brought a shift in the way I have relationships with men you know I'm like Mm. you you know if you can't remember things on the basic level then like 
what am I doing? I'm just chasing you for, for what? Like for what? Totally. What am I doing? You know? Yeah. I love that. Um, no. Men are, men are fantastic at remembering things that are important to them. And so that's just always been a sign for me. <laughs> and, and so when they're not remembering things, um, then you can tell what's important to them and what's not. It's just mm-hmm. such a, such a reality yeah. check for all of us. I love it. It's hard though. Cause I remember being like, I remember being like younger and just being like, Oh, well, it's important to them. So I support it. <laughs> like if mm. they were like really invested in something, I thought that was like the way to show like love back is like to support whatever was important to them. And it wasn't mm. until so recently where I was like, Oh wait, what if things are important to me? Like, exactly do do I get like oh my god it was a big awakening for me exactly that's huge um that has been my journey as well I have always been trying to please trying to please yeah. please like me please yeah. like me I will support you I will right and that got me just no respect yeah. no respect from the masculine surprisingly, surprisingly. like what we weren't <laughs> told that <laughs> We weren't told that our moms didn't tell us that because our moms didn't have the experience of like powerful feminine, um, you know, ex- life. They they didn't experience that. They didn't have a chance. They didn't get to like bless them, but they didn't. Yeah. So what do you feel like moving forward, your relationships with men? How do you feel like they've changed? Oh man. You know, they've changed in, in such a big way. Um, they are, they are reciprocal, which I love, but not in the same way, not in this way of like tit for tat. They're just like reciprocal energetically. Like I know that I feel cared about and I feel appreciated and loved. I feel the same way about them. They can feel that from me. Um, I've been able to like allow men to have a lot more space and have a lot more mm-hmm. just like, um, like have a way wider uh, amount of like play space to just be themselves without me trying to realize I was realizing I was trying to play a masculine role. I was trying to fix and help them all the time. Right. And just like, they're not interested in that, especially not from a woman. Um, That was a big lesson for me to learn. And so um, I also really love the polarity aspect of it, being able to receive, from men, oh. um, whether it's words of affirmation, like kindness, like support, and to be able to just say thank you and not need to feel like I owe them something. I think that was a huge one for me. That's a hard one. We feel like you can just receive. <laughs> that's the hardest one. I think that's the hardest one. I'm not wild. I'm not wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, how's that for you, receiving? gotten better trust me I'm like oh you want to give me something you want to I I you know it's funny because like a lot of guys will try to buy my art and think that that's what it is now it used to be Mm. that long time ago when Mm. I when it was not healed you know but I have dated men who have given me thousands of dollars for my work and that used to be all it took receiving Mm. receiving and so the nature of receiving is like different now for me I think it's changed it's kind of really padded into the to the evolved version of like well okay receiving great but like it also can get hijacked 
buy you know the wrong things and so yeah before before I'd be like oh I'm gonna buy a painting and like oh this guy really likes me <laughs> like totally. oh you know I want to give you flowers or be like super generous with my time and energy and think like that was enough and it's like I think for me now receiving has to do with like uh I'm just taking care of you like I got your back no expectations and it's 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 like a game changer because if a guy really just be super like in a state of giving and and love then it's like there's a different frequency there where I'm like oh I want to give you like a more pure energy of me which you know usually silliness and comfort and presence and all the other things that get repressed you know so so yeah I'm getting better at it (laughs) what you just said was powerful what you just said was really really powerful um, that's great advice for men. Um, that's great advice for people listening. Just, yeah, I think the, the, the intention behind the giving is what matters and the intention behind the receiving is what matters too. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Ah, so, okay. What is your vision now for this next year of your life? Uh, I kind of flow to me. Um, I think I used to have a very like, go grab it kind of energy go get it like at whatever cost and I am just not interested in that I would really like to have a more healthy sort of in the flow state like everything's gonna work out everything's gonna be good um like changing changing my mindset towards work um and towards manifesting things like the my I used to be so hyper masculine about manifesting things and now I'm just kind of somewhere in between where it's like I've learned all these really hard lessons and just had this really hard year where I had to shed a lot of my ego. Girl, I just want to like, like make good art, like make good art yeah. and take care of my health. Um, yeah. Like, like when it's time to make art, focus, you know, when it's time, like when it's, when you're done, reset, you know, go take care of yourself, go, go not think about art and create <laughs> space for, and, and it sounds a little funky, but it's like, I'm trying to create more space for like a real relationship again. Yeah. Like I have spent five years just hustling since my last boyfriend and it's it definitely a coping mechanism for sure. Just like staying busy and like not wanting any masculine energy, but it was mostly just because like, I didn't heal my own, you know, like mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. heal my own. And so last year, a lot of healing, a lot of work, obviously there's more to be done, but this year I just want to like create loving space on a abundance. Yeah and flow be at I ease <laughs> <laughs> dude I love what you said let's make it should be a meme this is like your your meme of this hour um the feminine urge to make art and be healthy <laughs> is what you said uh and on that note you're you're breaking up a little bit I think okay. we're Okay, and on that note, um I hope you all have enjoyed this. I have just like loved talking about Russia attachments, father wounds, art, creativity. What's what's been like your favorite takeaway from this hour? What do you think? I think it's just the fact that you're creating space to talk about it is amazing. Like it really is. It's so undercover, like it's like kind of hidden in pockets, you know, of who we are. And you're like, Yay, what's that? let's talk about that, you know, and (laughs) it's, it's so amazing. And like, I feel like I'm really getting like, 
the same feeling I think that we had when we talked about it originally, which was just like, oh, we have a lot in common. Like we have a lot in common and it's it, like impacted us. It's impacted us. Those years impacted us. And like, we pretend like it didn't. Why would it? But then we confront it and things change though. Like that is what I've really, like the more you confront it, the more you become more of who you are. And the more you heal that mm. part of you. And I think you creating this space is like amazing because you're creating a safe space to confront a lot of father wounds, a lot of healing, a lot of just conversation and masculinity. Like that's awesome. Really, really awesome. Mm. I'm so grateful to you, my queen Zarina. I love your name <laughs> because I always think of the queen because it's like a tsar and then Zarina and it's just beautiful. That's what it means. I know. That's it. Yeah. Of course, of course that's what it means. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you all for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you've gotten some tidbits from it. And um, I would love to hear from you uh, what your favorite part of this episode has been. So send me a DM, hit me up on email. And as always, until the next time. <laughs>